friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is a show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Ricardo, minister to the Prospect International and Elizabeth Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. And I'm thankful that God allows us to share His Word with you today. Whether you're at home or in the car driving back from work or studies, I pray that you'll be blessed by today's show. This week, we're following the theme, The Church, the Family, and Morality in a Post-Biblical World. And the big question for today is, The Bible and Marriage. What does the Bible say? To help us with this question, we have Pastor Marty with us in the studio. He is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center. Welcome, Marty. Thank you, Pastor Ricardo. It's a joy and a privilege to be here today. Excuse me. Good to see you. Yes, yes. Dear listeners, today I want to share with you one article that I just read this morning, uh, written in uh, September 12, 2023. Uh, by uh, in the Associate, Associated Press. This is an independent global news organization dedicated to factual reporting. Um, it says, ahead of the high holidays that begin this week, a network of Jewish uh, security experts and religious leaders hosted several webinars to help prepare for the season. And listen to this. Among the topics, believe it or not, how to respond to an active threat targeting the Jewish community. And another topic was how to stop a severe bleeding. Imagine that. The holidays encompassing Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are meant to be a period of joy and reflection. Over recent years, in the face of increased anti-Semitic threats and violence, the season also is a time of heightened vigilance. The high holidays are about renewal, about trying to build a better world, said Rabbi Noah Farkas, president of the Jewish Federation of Greater Los Angeles. But we can't do that without a security regimen that makes people comfortable to go to, to synagogue. The potential danger to the community cannot be overstated, said U.S. Attorney Martin Estrada. Farkas Federation and its counterparts around the U.S. have taken numerous steps to enhance safety, notably through professionally-led community security initiatives that offer advice, training, and other security resources to Jewish schools, synagogues, and organizations. Experts with the Los Angeles CSI provided suspicious activity reports to law enforcement in 2022 and early 2023 that helped lay the groundwork for the recent arrest in Reseda. Security measures have been expanding at Jewish institutions across the U.S. for more than a decade, but efforts intensified after a gunman killed 11 worshippers at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh in October 27, 2018. It was the deadliest act of anti-Semitic violence in the U.S. history. One of the biggest security initiatives since the massacre was launched in 2021 by the Jewish Federations of North America, 
a 130 million campaign seeking to ensure that every Jewish community in the U.S. and Canada has access to state-of-the-art communal security programs. As of last month, 103 Jewish federations in the two countries had programs based on standards set by the Secure Community Network. Their requirements include community-wide trainings and intelligence sharing with law enforcement. The SCN was the organizer of the recent series of nine webinars, including those on severe bleeding and active threats offered ahead of this year's high holidays. Imagine having to go through those uh, courses. No. Eric Fingerhut, president and CEO of the Jewish Federations of North America, said um, he, like many Jews, uh, wishes Rosh Hashanah could be savored joyfully without the need for security preparations and the worries about anti-Semitic threats. But we quickly move to the recognition that you can't have those joyful things unless you feel safe and secure, he said. People have come to accept it, but I don't know if we've fully internalized uh, what the long-term cost will be, he added. It's not going to go away like a, hurric like a hurricane or tornado. This is going to be a permanent, ongoing feature as long as we can see into the future. Um, I'm amazed that these people are starting to see that something is wrong in the world and they see this is not going to end anytime soon. Nationwide, the security initiatives have been bolstered by constant, ex constant expansion and broader collaboration. Earlier this month, the Orthodox Union, the largest Orthodox Jewish umbrella organization, announced a partnership with the Community Security Service, a leading Jewish security organization, to encourage more Orthodox congregation members to volunteer for security training. Last month, the Jewish Federation of Greater Los Angeles and the Anti-Defamation League of Los Angeles announced a new joint effort, effort to prevent and combat anti-Semitic incidents in Southern California. The new head of the Greater Los Angeles Federation's Community Security Initiative is Larry Mead, a 36-year veteran of Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department who specialized in intelligence gathering, targeting gangs and organized crime. Since his hiring in early August, Mead says it's been an eye-opener to learn the extent and vehemence of anti-Semitic threats. It's amazing how violence is increasing, especially mm. in the religious realm. In November, when the FBI said it had received, it had received credible information about the uh, a broad threat to synagogues in New Jersey, Jewish leaders in part um, of the state were able to get real-time updates via text message thanks to a new emergency broadcast system established by the Jewish Federation of, of Northern New Jersey. One of the duties for that federation's director of community security, Tim Torrell, is providing PowerPoint presentations on the active shooter response strategy known as run, hide, fight. Uh, I'm just trying to imagine the, how these people may, may be feeling because um, some years ago you would never think of trainings for these situations. And then it ends by saying that Jewish community does not want to do this. 
It wants to go worship and not have to worry about an active shooter, Torrell said. But there is a need to do it. He recounted a recent training session where most of the participants were in their 70s, including a woman who came up to him at the end, tears in her eyes. Uh, she said, We're grateful, but I can't believe the world is coming to this. I can't believe we have to do this in my synagogue, Toral recalled. She, she got to me, he added. I'm standing there trying not to lose it. Dear friends, Second Timothy 3.1 says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. That word perilous comes from the Greek um, kalepos, or kalepos, which means troublesome and dangerous. We are living in dangerous times. Um, is this violence that we see on the news increasing everywhere another sign that we're living in the time of the end, as the Bible calls it? What do you think, Marty? Yeah, as you've been sharing, Pastor Ricardo, my mind went to Matthew 24, and in verse 12, Jesus actually says, that, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Definitely. And so this is one of the indicators that Christ's coming is near, that that we see, and in, you know, I, I mean, we see this these um, almost... Like you're saying, it's kind of unthinkable that, that this could be the situation people are in where they cannot even go into worship and, um, and feel safe. And so Jesus is essentially saying, this is a sign that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that this world cannot go on forever and that he has to come soon. So there's been violence for a long time, but it's increasing. That is, yeah. that is uh, something... That a lot of people are worried about. And you quoted Matthew 24, verse 12. Uh, if we read that and also verses 13 to 14, yes, Jesus said, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And then he added, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Mm. So this sounds like a constant battle between good and evil. And then verse 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Definitely, Jesus here is making the connection between um, lack of love and violence with the end coming soon. And I believe, dear friends, we're living in a time predicted by Jesus when the love of many has grown cold. At the same time, the gospel is being preached in all the world, and Jesus said that after this, the end would come. If you would like, dear listeners, to know more about Bible prophecies, I will be presenting a Bible prophecy seminar called Prophecies of Hope, beginning this Friday, September 22nd at 7 p.m. at the Prospect International Seventh-day Adventist Church Hall. It will run for nine consecutive evenings, from September 22nd until September 30th. 30th. Um, I won't be repeating the same presentation every evening, but it will rather be a different topic each evening. We're going to go through some of the most amazing prophecies in the books of Daniel and Revelation, and we will allow the Bible to be its own interpreter. It's fascinating to see prophecy being fulfilled. For example, 20 years ago, I used to talk about certain events the Bible predicted for the future in Revelation 13. Today, those things are happening as we speak. 
And we're going to talk about that as well during the seminar. So the address is 7 Bolville Street, Prospect, starting this Friday at 7 p.m. You're more than welcome to come. Uh, let's come to some music now. And we're going to listen to Mercy River, The Puzzle. Two pieces from different puzzles Where you bend I curve Where you straight I swerve It's easy to feel like we're The most mismatched in the universe But God gave me your heart He told me to keep it safe Cause building love is hard Because we are such different shapes But oh my favorite part of the puzzle Is this, that he's the missing piece That makes us fit You and me, we're a masterpiece That's under construction Mercy River with the Puzzle. Dear friends, our giveaway for this week is the book The Radical Teachings of Jesus by Derek Morris. If um, you would like a copy of this book, all you need to do is text the code SA136 on 04888-808-11. SA136 on one, or, or sorry, 04888 11. The Radical Teachings of Jesus by Derek Morris. Do you believe what Jesus preached? If you accept that he was actually who he claimed he, he was, then you should. Jesus ignored human traditions and presented his listeners with God's truth. 
discover some of the radical ideas he taught that defied conventional wisdom and customs then and that continue to do so today. So don't forget, the code is SA for South Australia, 136, no spaces, and text that code in to 04888-808-11 and you'll get a free copy of this book. And of course, you can also text that number with your questions or comments at any time. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back, dear friends. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time BQ&A, right across Australia with Pastor Ricardo. And my co-host today is Pastor Marty. And he's the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center. This week, we are exploring the theme called The Church, the Family, and Morality in a Post-Biblical World. And the big question for today is the Bible and marriage. What does the Bible say? Pastor Marty, do you think um, God has given us instructions on marriage in the Bible? Absolutely. <laughs> you, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to go back to creation. We're going to go to the book of Genesis Excellent. and chapter 1. And because it's in creation that we really see God's ideal. And in fact, at the the final verse in Genesis chapter 1, after God is described as creating various different things over six days, and then of course God rests on the seventh day, but on the end of the sixth day, here's what the Bible says, Genesis one thirty one. it says, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. Mm. Now, <clears throat> I suppose a different word you could put there is you could say it's perfect. Because when God does something, he does it right the first time. You know, here is God's original plan for humanity. There is no sin in the world. There is It's perfect. And, and so here we actually find marriage. It's right there in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. It's, it was part of God's original design for humankind. So just looking at Genesis 1, verse 26 and 27, the Bible says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, Pastor Ricardo, what do you make of the fact that God says, let us make man in our image? I mean, clearly there is plurality there to start with. God is more than one person. And our image so the, we we are meant to be similar to God in, in, in different aspects. Yeah, I mean, this is remarkable, mm. isn't it? Let us make man in our image. And, and the Bible, as you explore the scriptures, talks about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so here we see... God, the the Hebrew word Elohim, which is a plural word for God, creating man, as you've said, Pastor Ricardo, in his own image. Now, was was there any other creature that was made in God's image? Eve. So there's Adam and there's Eve. Yes. <laughs> what about any of the other 
animals or, you know, were, were, were they made in God's image? The Bible doesn't say anything like that from uh, about the other creatures. So there's a clear distinction mm-hmm. between human beings and the and like sort of the other creatures that God had made. And essentially when you think about this, this really gives us an elevated view of humanity. This gives us a remarkable and and very noble picture here of what God actually did when he created people in his own image. He didn't create any other any other creature in his own image. Only human beings were created in God's image. Now, if you compare what we've just read here, Genesis 1, where God creates man and woman in his own image, when you compare that to the evolutionary perspective, there's a huge contrast. You see, evolution essentially says you evolved from primeval slime. You're a byproduct of random chance. Mm. Your life really means nothing because you literally came from nothing. And so you see, evolution essentially threatens to undermine the very value of human life. However, creation reveals the immeasurable worth of a person. Creation reveals that our life has meaning, has value, has purpose, because you and I were created by God himself. Mm -hmm. We were made in God's own image to reflect what he is like, and so that means we're the children of God. We're loved and we're cared for by our creator. And therefore, when it comes to biblical marriage, since we are of incredible value in God's eyes, since we've been created in his image, the union of a man and a woman was actually to reflect remarkably the very characteristics of God himself. I mean, that is, there's no higher calling, there's no higher privilege, there's no more elevated view of humanity than that. Mm. In fact, the only relationship in the Bible that is said to be one, like the, the, you know, the members are one, is marriage. Not even a relationship with our parents or siblings is, is said to be one. Uh, it's only between husband and wife. It's very exclusive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, there's something unique about the marriage relationship mm-hmm. in that it, it reveals an intimacy mm-hmm. that, is, um, you know, that is unique to marriage. And so this is remarkable. Um, when you think of in any way departing from this biblical model, this biblical design that God gave when God did it right the first time, when you think of departing from that in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. essentially you are actually marring and distorting yeah. the picture that God had originally intended for us. Now, now think about it a little bit like this. Imagine that creation is like a work of art and that uh, there was a master artist who begins with the backdrop, then he paints in the scenery, then he adds in detail, he includes the animals, and then finally this master artist actually paints in man and woman mm. and hu- as husband and wife. Now, let's suppose that over generation, um, from generation to generation, this exquisite artwork was actually hung in a gallery and that people looked upon this painting with awe and admiration. But let's suppose that 
sometime down the track, someone actually comes into the gallery, mm-hmm. steps over the barrier, takes the painting off the wall and actually paints over what the master artist has already painted. Mm-hmm. That original painting signed by the master artist himself of immeasurable worth has now been defaced. Mm -hmm. And friends, that's exactly what happens when we try to tamper with what God has done. And when society challenges, essentially, the biblical model of marriage, you see, we cannot actually improve upon what God has made. Human happiness and fulfillment and satisfaction is always found within the parameters of what God has done. What do you, you know? What are your thoughts on 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 that, Pastor Ricardo? It's incredible when you think about it. How can people think? How do we think that we can improve on what God has said to be exceedingly good? It's 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 an impossible. And especially when you read the, the whole account in Genesis 1, you see that after each day God says, this is good, or this is good, or this is good. And when he finishes on day 6, uh, that includes marriage, of course, he says this is exceedingly good, then it must be really exceedingly good. You know, the Bible tells us uh, that God is love. God wants the best for us. Mm-hmm. The devil wants to seek to destroy what God has made. And so it's of no surprise to us that we live in a society that is departed in many ways from this biblical model yes. of, of marriage. And it hasn't helped us any, anything less than this union of happiness and joy and, and complementary, um, you know, togetherness, anything that, that is, Different to that mm-hmm. is actually essentially ripping off the painting from the wall mm-hmm. and putting our own brush strokes over the top of what God has done. And that's quite a, you know, that's, that would be quite something if somebody actually was to do that to a master mm-hmm. artist's painting. Now, we're going I want to come to Genesis chapter two. Mm-hmm. In verse 15, the Bible says, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Eden means pleasure. So uh, exquisite delight. So this was a place of joy and of happiness in the most pure and the most um, fullest sense of the word. And so here God has, God actually gives Adam some work to do. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the knowledge of the tree of the of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Mm-hmm. So we, we see these amazing gifts in, in creation. You see the gift of marriage. You see the gift of free choice there. And also, we, we, we're not going to study it today, but you look at Genesis, the beginning of Genesis 2, and you've got the gift of the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. So all of these gifts that God gives... And certainly marriage is one of these precious gifts that comes to humanity right from creation. Verse 18 then says this, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. Mm -hmm. And I can say amen to that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I will make him a helper comparable to him. Mm -hmm. Now this is really interesting because at this stage in the story, Adam hasn't really 
thought about the fact that he's um, alone. Mm-hmm. He's busy doing the work that God has appointed to him. Verse 19 says, Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every mm-hmm. bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, so God brought along this one and he said, you know, that's a kangaroo. Or he brought along this one, he said, that's a bear. He brought along another one, he said, that's mm-hmm. a lizard. So, so Adam was very busy. Mm-hmm. But apparently, as Adam is naming the creatures, it says, So Adam gave names to all cattle, to all the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Mm-hmm. So apparently, as as Adam is naming the animals, he sees, Hey, there's mm-hmm. a bull and, it's, and, and the bull's got its cow. Mm-hmm. And there's the lion and it's got its lioness. Something's missing. <clears throat> and he's thinking, Well, where's my... Uh-huh. Um, Where's my partner? You know, yes. where's, where's, where's someone like me? Mm. But I love the fact that when that thought dawns in his mind and he thinks, wait on, where's someone like me? Where's someone I can share happiness with? I love the fact that the Bible indicates to us that when that thought crosses his mind, God already had the solution. Yes. God had already thought about it. And, and, you know, sometimes, Pastor Ricardo, if I can sort of just, just make a, I guess, a practical comment, sometimes when it comes to the relationships and marriage, one thing we need to be very clear about, and, you know, is that this is an incredibly important decision. Mm. And anyone contemplating that decision, um, no matter what stage of life you're in, um, whether you've already been married and you're considering remarriage or perhaps you're considering marriage for the first time, you know, whatever situation you're in, this is a decision of utmost importance. And it's good to know that God understands when we recognize that we feel alone, yes. when we feel a desire for companionship, cares for God us. cares, God knows, and he's got a solution worked out. And if we trust him, and don't run ahead of him, because that's going to end up not too good. When we trust him and walk with him in that process, we can be sure that God will take care of our happiness, and he'll take care of that. Now, it's interesting, um, He, the Bible continues. That um, when Adam realizes, hey, I'm alone here, you know, the animals have all got, you know, they're, they're all paired up. Where's mine? Where's my partner? The Lord God, verse 21, Genesis 2.21, and the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And God took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. Now, this is amazing. You know, why did God take a rib? What do you think mm. about that, Pastor Ricardo? It's why did he take a rib? Actually, it's it's important to to see that to, to catch that aspect because a rib is on your side. You protect the rib with your arms, you know, but also the rib protects your heart. So it's like <laughs> you need each other in a sense, you know. Beautiful. I love that. Mm. Yeah, and you know, God God didn't take a, a bone out of Adam's foot no. as if to say, hey, you know, trample all over your wife mm. and and God didn't nor did God take a bone from his head to say, That's hey, right. you know, the wife should uh, dominate her husband, but from his side mm. indicating equality. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying under the arm indicating that he should protect her mm. and provide for her. 
near his heart, indicating he should love her. And I like the fact that you're saying as well that the rib also protects the heart. So she, in her love and adoration to him, will also give him a sense of security. Mm, Just a few words of encouragement from your wife, you know, make the whole... Oh, that's so true, Pastor Ricardo. You're talking my language now. That is so (laughs) true. You know, Mm. we we need, you know, God created man and woman differently, Mm -hmm. but he made them complementary. And I like that because um, normally when we see the story that that Adam was naming the animals, we think that, oh, well, God wanted to keep him busy or wanted him to be entertained. But I love the way God... God does things because he did that on purpose. He wanted Adam to realize that he was not complete. And when he realizes that, yeah. then he gives him, he gives him his, his companion. And it's amazing because Eve was the only woman in the whole world back yeah. then. Yeah. And even, even then, God wanted to introduce uh, Eve to Adam. I wonder how much more today. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of people in the world. There's a lot of chances to go wrong and to choose the wrong person. Yeah. How much more do you think God is, is actually interested in, in showing us who's the person for us, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and how much more do we need, I suppose, God's wisdom when it comes to that? You know, it's, it's interesting that, uh, then Adam actually says, when he when he meets his wife Eve, um, he says, "Now this this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, the Bible says, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh." And here's this this uh, this phrase, one flesh, that is full of incredible significance. Now, obviously, there's the idea of intimacy. Sexual intimacy is actually alluded to here, mm. but it's it's much more than merely a physical intimacy. It's also an emotional and a spiritual intimacy here. There's like this, the three corners of the triangle all kind of merging together. Where's that? There's that emotional connection, that spiritual, I guess, um, devotion and togetherness, both worshiping God and having that spiritual unity together. And <clears throat> the physical intimacy was really, I suppose, <clears throat> excuse me, a mirror or an indication of the other levels of intimacy as well. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you strip away emotional intimacy and you take away spiritual, um, you know, compatibility and connection, really the physical intimacy begins to lose its meaning. Mm-hmm. But when you have all three together, it is this, this triangle that it's this, it's, it creates a very strong bond. And um, Solomon even said a cord of three strands is mm-hmm. not quickly broken. And when you yeah, have those true. three things, that's really what God had in mind when he created man and woman. Mm. It was this incredible unity, this incredible union of joy and happiness through companionship, through that emotional connection, also through, I guess, worshipping God together and, and encouraging one another spiritually, mm-hmm. and of course as well the physical intimacy as well. And that bond is, intri- is, is, is the bond that is then needed to actually then pave the way for 
a healthy and stable family life. Because it's interesting, you look at Genesis one twenty eight. God, the first thing that God commands Adam and Eve is be fruitful and multiply. So in God's image, God is plural, God makes man, woman, then the first thing he says is make another. Mm-hmm. And this was this family unit was in in many ways supposed to reflect something of the characteristics of God himself. Definitely. definitely. It's, it's an amazing design. When God says the husband and wife shall become one, that word one is actually the same word used in Deuteronomy to say that the Lord God is one, not, not because he is one person. It's more than one person, but they are so closely united in every sense of the world that they are like one. You see, same thing, husband and wife. There should be one in every aspect, like you were saying. Yeah, that's a and that's a that's the picture, isn't it? That God, in His unity, in His um, you know Father, Son, Holy Spirit, working together in perfect unity, God longs for that with mm-hmm. with the people that He's created, because that's really what actually brings peace and joy and happiness into our relationships. When there is a disunity, then we lack. Fulfillment, we feel that there is something missing, and so God really wants that. You know, talking about the physical intimacy, I think, you know, I, I remember when my wife and I were actually doing marriage counseling, that, um, a very wise pastor, he said this, he said, look, Marty and, uh, and Tanae, he said, look, your physical intimacy is like a temperature gauge Mm -hmm. on your relationship. In other words, like if you're, you know, if you're driving your car and your temperature gauge is, is good, that shows that, you know, things are working properly. Um, in a similar way, he said, the physical intimacy is your temperature gauge in your relationship. It, it, it is an indicator of how well you're connecting emotionally and also spiritually as well. Hmm. And I suppose this is one of the, the challenges in a, in a modern day world, which really, um, idolizes the, you know, the sexual component and the physical component. And as if that is kind of like the epitome of the relationship. And in, in reality, um, you know, a healthy, happy marriage actually has to have all three components. Ideally, the best marriage is the one that has emotional connection, spiritual connection, mm-hmm. and physical intimacy that actually, in a way, reveals how well those other areas of connection are going. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so that's, that's, you know, that's important. Now, I guess we're going to be going to a break shortly and then, um, Jesus actually quotes this passage, one flesh, and I want to come to that in the New Testament and see what, mm-hmm. see what Jesus actually says on this topic. That's very good. I'm really looking forward to hearing that part. Um, it's, it's amazing what God has designed, how, how unique, how perfectly uh, made, because um, a man and a woman can complement each other in a, in a unique way. Our brains are, are not the same, right, men and women, and when we work together as a team, as we are meant in a marriage, um, everything is possible, put it that way. <laughs> Let's go to uh, some music. We're going to listen to Josh Cunningham, Three Chords, as we were talking about. Mm-hmm. 
your heart is what they say I know that if I do I'll be following something I can't know Deceitful and untrue I couldn't love you if I tried I couldn't find a way Unless my heart is led by God I'll only go astray If you wanna be one heart, one flesh One instead of two There's gotta be three cords woven God and me and you If our hearts burn within us with The fire that consumes Only then can we say I love you Well God is love He gives to us A priceless gift that's free He gave himself He gave his all Unconditionally I wanna love you like he does, Lord Give me eyes to see The only way I can is if You live inside of me If we wanna be one heart, one flesh One instead of two There's gotta be three cords woven God and me and you With the fire that consumes Only then can we say I love you Love is kind, love never fails It ain't boastful, proud or rude It bears all things, believes all things Rejoices in the truth Love will never seek her own Love's patient, love endures If we want love like that Is what we'll have to do If we wanna be one heart One flesh One instead of two There's gotta be three cords woven God and me and you If our hearts burn within us With the fire that consumes Only then can we say I love you Instead of two, there's gotta be three cords woven. 
That was Josh Cunningham with three chords, just like we were saying, God, husband and wife, three chords. Um, our giveaway for this week is the book, The Radical Teachings of Jesus by Derek Morris. So um, do you believe what Jesus preached, dear listeners? If you accept that he was actually who he claimed to be, then you should. Jesus ignored human traditions and presented his listeners with God's truth. Discover some of the radical ideas he taught that defied conventional wisdom and customs back then and that continue to do so today. If you would like to receive a free copy of this book, all you need to do is text the code SA136. That's SA for South Australia, then 136, no spaces, on 04888-80811. The code is again SA136. On um, 04888-808-11. And also remember that you can always text that number with any of your questions if you want to know the uh, name of the song that we played or the, the name of the uh, host or co-host or the Bible text that was read, anything. Just text us on that number. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Pastor Ricardo. And my co-host today is Pastor Marty. He's ministering at Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center. This week we're following the theme, The Church, the Family and Morality in a Post-Biblical World. And the big question for today is the Bible and marriage. What does the Bible say? Pastor Marty... This is an exciting topic, very relevant, and we're all <laughs> included in this. God is really wise. What else can you share for our audience today? Yes, yeah, so Pastor Ricardo, we've previously looked at creation. We've looked at the fact that God, in the beginning, when God did things right the first mm-hmm. time, created marriage. He, he made man, he made woman, and he said they are to be of one flesh, physical, spiritual, emotional intimacy. Now Jesus picks up on this um, on this quote of man and woman, a husband and wife being one flesh. Jesus was asked this question by the religious leaders of his day. They said, "Is it lawful?" This is Matthew chapter nineteen, beginning in verse three. They say to Jesus, "Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason?" Now, how does Jesus answer that? He says, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? So, in answer, Jesus points them back to God's original design Mm -hmm. in creation and said, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two but one flesh, and here comes this, these powerful words of Jesus. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Now, 
According to Jesus, marriage is intended to be a lifelong union. That was always God's original intention. Those words, one flesh, indicate that if you were to pull it apart, it would literally be like tearing a limb off your your body. It would would do great harm. Now... Pastor Ricardo, it's obvious that we live in a in a broken world where there are many broken relationships and and issues like unforgiveness and unfaithfulness and selfishness and these things create wedges in our relationships and if they're not addressed and and dealt with quickly um, and very and you know and and with a lot of grace and and wisdom, then these issues often can lead to separation. Yes. And often when conflict arises, we often, as selfish human beings, we don't actually handle those conflicts well. Mm. And I've heard it said by, um, actually, she's a, she was a guru in relationships, Nancy Van Pelt. Mm-hmm. She wrote the book called Highly Effective yes. Marriage. You can still get that book today. Yes, yes, it's yes. one that I would, would absolutely recommend, Highly Effective Marriage by Nancy Van Pelt. And she says um, that... Happiness in marriage actually, it actually has less to do with the person you marriage and more, more to do with how you handle conflict. How you handle conflict. And so we live in a world where we don't often handle conflict very well. And issues that may, um, arise, they, they continue to fester. Mm-hmm. And when a conflict arises, then issues from the past get brought up. Yes. And it becomes a, a relationship which is devoid of happiness mm-hmm. and devoid of intimacy. And we allow others to interfere as well on top of everything that can happen. That's right. We, 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 um, we can sometimes, uh, you know, as hum- uh, you know, as, as when we're in that vulnerable state, mm. We're also more open to temptation and, um, and yeah, and the issues can, can evolve from, from all of that. Now, what Jesus is envisioning here when he says, look, marriage is one flesh. What God has joined together, let not men separate. What Jesus is envisioning is for a husband and wife to have a relationship of love, of joy, and of satisfaction. It's not just putting up with someone. That's not what Jesus is saying. You know, what God has joined together, let not men separate. Jesus is not saying just, just put up with, you know, with each other and, and that kind of thing. It's not this, you know, ball and chain kind of thing that you hear, you know, these comments that are made in jest, but I suppose many a truth is said in jest at, um, you know, at, at weddings, etc. Um, but really Jesus is envisioning not just a marriage of tolerance, but one of commitment that actually deepens in companionship and intimacy as life goes on. That's what Jesus envisions. And, and Pastor Ricardo, you know, my wife and I, we've been married now. What is it? We, I think we're coming up eight years now. Mm-hmm. And I can certainly say, that the joy and the the companionship and the intimacy, you know, is uh, is is deeper now than what it was when we were first married. That's Absolutely, beautiful. and I'm so grateful for that because you know that's what it's supposed to be. We're supposed to grow, and I know that unfortunately, and it is heartbreaking 
that we live in a world where um, there is way there is far too much divorce. Mm. Sometimes it happens for very legitimate reasons. Other times it happens simply because people, you know, fall out of love, so to speak. And um and and you know I I remember meeting with a couple and um you know they were t- sharing with me that they were you know they were very intent on or at least one of them was was quite intent on on divorce and and we were able to talk about things and and um I actually gave them I, I suppose this book called Highly Effective Marriage yes. and encouraged them to read it together and to this day Pastor Ricardo they are still together. In their marriage, God, you God. know, and, and, and their kids, uh, three children have benefited from the fact that mum and dad are still together and they worked things out. And that's yes. what I certainly pray for, for anyone, you know, if you see, in a way, Jesus is a, is essentially saying, now I'm not talking about issues of abuse and violence and, and, uh, marital unfaithfulness. I'm not talking about those things. Mm-hmm. Outside of those things, Jesus is essentially saying, take divorce off the table. Exactly. Mm. Make an, make a concerted effort. If there are problems that have arisen, if there has been communication breakdown, if there has been a, a lack of emotional connection, still mm. do everything you can to try and preserve your marriage. So we have to be both intentional about that, guarding our marriage against um, all enemies, put it that way. Yes. Yes, because this is uh this is a vitally important relationship that requires effort. It requires, and I think that that's one of the things that we sometimes overlook, Pastor Ricardo, is that you know we put in a lot of effort into our studies and into getting our degrees and into our work and even into studying about things like properties and where to invest our finances. But when it comes to relationships, we kind of just you know sometimes we just hope it's going to all fall into place. The reality is. We often need to spend some time actually doing some study, yes. actually understanding um, what actually makes a marriage successful and effective. And fortunately, there are many good resources that are that are out mm-hmm. there. And I mention again the book Highly Effective Marriage. Mm-hmm. There's another book called Love and Respect. I haven't personally read that one, but I understand many have, and that it's a very very good book. Um, you know, actually putting in the effort and just seeking that closeness in our, in our marriages, you know, wow, that's where true, that's where happiness, joy and satisfaction can really be found. So if we do it God's way, then uh, we're guaranteed to be happy. God's way is the best way. And God longs for our happiness. He wants us to be joy, wants us to be fulfilled in life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and God is able to actually bring relationships together that actually may have had difficulty and heartache. God can supply forgiveness where we might have unforgiveness in our hearts. Mm. God can Very supply true. intimacy where we have, um, been disconnected. Mm-hmm. God is able to do that because, um, as the song said, you know, God is love and it's, it's God's love in our hearts mm. that actually makes the difference. And, and I suppose that's perhaps what we need to be praying for more, Pastor Ricardo, is we can, to come to God and say, Lord, put your love in my heart. Amen. Amen. 
Uh, uh, yes, let's do it God's way because he made us. He knows exactly how we work from inside out. Um, thank you so much, Pastor Marty. It looks like our time is up for today. Let us bow our heads in, in, in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everything that you've done for us. Everything was good from the beginning. You want us to be happy. I pray that you may help us all to do everything your way. I pray for all the marriages out there, to uh, for you to bless them, for, for every individual to come to you, as a, every marriage as a couple to come to you so that they may be stronger and stronger. Uh, this is our prayer for every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. And this um, was Pastor Ricardo, and our co-host today was Pastor Marty. Thanks for joining us on Drive Time BQ&A. Please join us tomorrow as we explore the answer to the big question, the Bible and morality, what does the Bible say? Until then, remember that God said, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah 55, verse 8. May God bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.